Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. The scripture reading this morning is 2, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. First, Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all of the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it, to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not... Be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And secondly, Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. You may be seated. Are you still repeating the words? <laughs> There's no place like home. There's no place like home. <laughs> so when you think about courage, what comes to mind? Do you see soldiers on the front lines? Police and first responders running into dangerous settings? Do you see people standing up for what they believe in? Or is it something simpler? There was a, a little boy who was afraid of storms one night, and there was a, a really big one coming into his neighborhood. He wasn't sure what to do, or even if he had the courage to face it alone. Like many young children would do, he called out to his mom, I said, Mom, Mom, come in. She came into the room and sat down next to him on the bed. And after telling his mom just how scared he was, that he lacked the courage to be in the room alone, his mom very calmly spoke words of comfort. She told him how everything would be all right, that the storm wasn't as bad as he thought it was, and that it would all be over real soon. Just when she thought she had convinced her son that, that everything would be all right, he turned to her and, and looked at her with those most innocent eyes and said, Mom, can you sleep in my room tonight? Well, she once again assured him that, that everything was going to be all right and that she really couldn't because she told him that she needed to sleep in her room that night with his dad. There was this long silence between them, and finally he looked up with those same innocent eyes and, and said, that big baby. <laughs> I encourage you to have your bulletins handy with, with those places that you can jot down notes, that you can jot down those spiritual nudges 
that, uh, that you receive during uh, this time and during the, the rest of the service, wherever God is speaking to you today. Because I know that, that in this moment, in this space, this is a holy and sacred space, that the Holy Spirit will speak as long as we're listening. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, we thank you for the opportunity to come and learn, to come and, and hear your word spoken to us so beautifully by Gary. As we strive to understand it, God, give us your words for us, and that the words that I speak now may not be my own, but they would be your words. And Creator God, break through our lives and journey of hope with new opportunities, new life, and new power to do far more than we could ever imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. So we continue on our, our journey to Oz with a focus on our friend, the cowardly lion. Or something about this character from the story. I mean, sure, he, he seems to lack courage, but if you remember, when he is first introduced to us, what is he doing? He's, he's roaring. He's attacking. He's attacking uh, Scarecrow, Tin Man, Dorothy, and even little Toto. Finally, he's met with a genuine slap to the face from Dorothy, which reveals his less-than-courageous attitude. We finally see how timid and how afraid he is. And I think as we look through, through many of the other scenes, we see this scared part of what the king of the forest should be. But this is just the opposite. Like the vision we, that we have of the Tin Man last week, the characteristics of the lion, I think, are a bit misguided. We can see this through the introduction scene when the lion is bullying all of those around him, overcompensating for his fear and his lack of courage. But then again, maybe this is more true than we want to believe. How many people have you known in your life? How many people have you known in your life uh, that seem to push people around only to shrink back into themselves when confronted by either the truth or somebody stronger than them in leadership. Well, the lion assumes that, that he doesn't have the courage that he really wants. He wants to be this strong, this leading presence, a, a force to be reckoned with, the actual king of the forest. And I think he knows what it takes he knows what it takes to be the king of the forest, but he's wondering how he can get it. And of course, this is why he's going to see the great and powerful Oz. And so I've got a little clip uh, of, of the lion. And so, uh, JJ, if you want to throw that clip on there. What makes a king out of a slave? Courage. What makes the flag on the mast away? What makes the elephant charge his tusk in the misty mist or the dusky dusk? What makes the muskrat guard his musk? Courage. What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? Courage. What makes the hot and top so hot? What puts the ape in apricot? What are they got that I ain't got? Courage. 
Courage. You could say that again. You know, there's, there are certain times things just stand out to me, and I, I don't know why I've never realized that, but what puts the ape in apricot? <laughs> I'm not really sure how that fits, but all right. Uh, what, do they, what do they got that I ain't got? Courage. But does he really have it? If we really think about this? I mean, throughout the movie, we find that the lion does get involved in some of those scary things. Things that he would normally run away from. So what gets him involved? What gets him involved? Encouragement. The scarecrow, the tin man, Dorothy all encourage the lion at times. And he responds with stepping out of his comfort zone. Stepping outside of of the normal. Stepping into some scary situations. He is responding with courage. So let me ask you a question this morning. And I'm going to encourage you to, to respond in, uh, in the chat of the live stream, especially for all of you watching at home and all of you that, that are kind of checking in with all of the comments here in the sanctuary so we can have this little dialogue back and forth. Uh, I want you to respond with that in the chat. Uh, and here it is. Oh, actually, you know what? And for all of you who aren't on Facebook in here and and just listening in, I encourage you to share that at your tables when you go next door for breakfast. Share this. Is there somewhere in your life now where you need some encouragement? Is there somewhere in your life right now that you're facing that you need some encouragement? Maybe a health issue? Maybe an employment issue, a family dilemma. Where do you need encouragement today? Is there a place where you feel like you need more courage to face a situation, confront a problem or an issue, or would it be so much better if you had that encouragement? Share it in the comments. Get ready to talk to somebody about it next door. And so you know, Scripture is full of people who need encouragement, but also Scripture is full of people who are courageous. And sure, we hear about this from, uh, from Joshua in our reading this morning, but there are so many others. So let me just give you a few, and I mean just a few of all of those that are in there. Uh, Abraham, the father of our faith, was called to pick up and leave everything that he owned, everything that he knew, all of his friends. Take your family and leave. God called him to leave the country. Took incredible courage to to get up and go because he didn't know where he was going. God just told him to leave and said, I'll guide you. And he did. Do you think you would have that kind of courage? To just get up and go? (laughs) Then again, God's calling on my life into ordained ministry could have been like this, as I didn't know where where I was going, but I trusted in God's plan for me and my family. Courage to take the first step, and boy, what a first step. Moses needed courage to stand against the Pharaoh. Can you imagine? 
God tells Moses to appear before Pharaoh and tell him, what? Let my people go. The leader of Egypt. Sure, some kind of relative, but still, this is Pharaoh. I can picture Moses approaching, knees knocking, wondering if it truly was God's voice that he heard and if God was going to protect him. It's a pretty big ask. After all, this would mean letting all the labors of the job site go. How would the pyramids ever get built now? But Moses found the courage to stand firm before Pharaoh and demand that God's people would be free. Courage. Esther. Esther needed courage to stand up for a nation. In a time when a woman's role in society was far from where it is today, Esther stands out as a great woman of courage. In the midst of a strange political and almost almost soap opera dilemma, Esther rises above all the men in her story, saving the people of Israel with her wisdom and her courage. David needed courage when he faced a towering giant. You remember Goliath? He was just a young shepherd boy at the time, but, but knew that he needed the courage to face him in battle. And Rahab... Rahab was a woman who protected two of the spies from Joshua's tribe when they were about to be found by the authorities. She risks her own life to protect God's people. Courage is what she needed to stand up to her own people during this daring feat. Which actually kind of brings us back to our passage this morning. Because it is the people from Joshua's group that needed protection. Just before this, we find that the news that Moses has died. And although God promised this land flowing with with milk and honey, God told Moses that he would never see it, but that his descendants would. And so Joshua is waiting on the other side of the Jordan from the land which God has promised. And And now he's having second thoughts about whether he should cross over to the land. And here is where he sends the spies to scope out the land. Is it really what they've been looking for? Is the land really worth it? However, before Rahab, the spies, uh, and the worry about the new land, Joshua faces an internal struggle. Before he even sends the spies out, he's got this internal struggle that's going in. For all of his life, I mean, think about this. Joshua uh, is facing this. Moses has been the one to speak for God, to lead the people, and to have the courage to do all of these things well. Even though we all know about the internal struggles that Moses had. Joshua is dealing with the loss of his father at this time. The shift in leadership and this new opportunity to actually enter the land that they have been looking for for over 40 years. Everything is about to change. No more wandering, no more looking for this mystery land that God has promised. And maybe, just maybe, they could become the nation that they've always wanted. I would say that's a pretty big burden for Joshua. 
Joshua needs encouragement. He needs to know that that everything is going to be all right and that God will be on his side through all of this. And then God speaks to him. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Words of absolute comfort and peace. Words that would encourage me at every step of my life. How about for your life today? What are those words of comfort and peace that you need to hear? Maybe those are just the words that I read. Think about those times in your life that you were afraid of whatever the next step was going to be. Maybe you felt like you were ready to step off the edge of a cliff into the unknown. And then these words come to you. How would that make you feel? Do you feel like you would be full of courage to take that first step? Let me tell you that God is still speaking those words, especially today. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, all of you, wherever you go. We began this 531 initiative where we were asking God to remove barriers in our lives so that God can lead us into unchartered waters. God calls us out into the great unknown, asking us to trust in God's plan. God is asking us to participate in this wonderful plan that he has for Journey of Hope and for all of your lives, each and every one of you. The question becomes, do we have the courage to step out of the boat? To stand on the water, to say, here I am, Lord. I am your servant. I will do what you ask of me. Like the cowardly lion, we need encouragement along the journey. And I know that God can offer that to us. And so where are you at? Where are those things? As you've been thinking about that place that you need encouragement, that that maybe you feel that God is asking you to step outside of the boat. Where is that place? And where do you need to get out? Where is God calling for an incredible journey? Asking you and, and telling you, telling you that, that you don't need to be afraid. That you do not need to worry. Because God is on your side. What did Paul say? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? I have the words, I believe, up on the screen for you. So if you want to join in in singing this and you know this song, you go right ahead.
call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are Bounds in deepest waters, your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you never fail and you won't start now. And I will call upon your name. my eyes above the waves when oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me and take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Especially as you think about that, that path that God has called you to. 
Where are you as you face those challenges? Do you feel like you're in that boat and God is saying, come on, come on out? And are you afraid to take that first step? I'm reminded back of that story of, of, of Peter saying, Jesus, if that's you out on the water, command me to come out there. Call me out onto that water because I want to stand out there with you. Jesus says, come on. Peter steps out of the boat and he starts walking. And this is wonderful. And then something happens. Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and begins to sink. And sometimes I think about Jesus and it was expressed to me one way at one point that said, you know, was Jesus, you know, kind of reaching out going, all you had to do is keep looking at me. Let me help you up. Are you called to get out of the boat? Are you called to step out into the unknown waters and are you afraid? And if you are, I want to share this passage with you one more time. Because these are God's words of encouragement. First of all, we heard it from Joshua, from Joshua where God says, don't be afraid, be strong, and be not just courageous, be very courageous. Because God says, I am with you, always. And then Paul writes, and he tells us this. What can we, sh- what can we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And he writes, he says, it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep led to be slaughtered. No. He says, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor death, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Do you need to hear those words today? That there is nothing that is going to separate you from the love that God has for you that is exemplified through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nothing. So I don't care where you're at this morning or what things you are faced with and and what God is calling you to do and all those fears and worries that, that happen to come into your head. Don't. God tells us through Scripture, how many different times? For like 600 times, do not be afraid. And most of the times, it's why? Because I am with you. So if you've got to take that step, take the step. God is going to be with you every step of your journey. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, There are times when, when we admit and we confess that, that we are afraid and that we worry. But God, I thank you for words that, that you speak to us again. 
in the midst of challenging times, in the midst of of calling us to new and greater things. Yet you say to be strong and very courageous. You say don't be afraid because you are with us. And so God, we put our trust in you today. We put our trust in your plan, knowing that maybe we don't see the big picture, but that's all right. We trust that that whatever you have for us is greater than what we could ever imagine. And so guide us, protect us, and place those opportunities in our path. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Safe and blessed we shall be at last. Be still, my soul. How is your soul? That's a question John Wesley would ask. How is it with your soul? Is your soul still today? Or have you been challenged? And you're a little worried about stepping out of that boat. Be still. Know that God is on your side and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so when we go and we go next door to enjoy this wonderful breakfast that is prepared for us, uh, we're going to go. But first, I'm going I'm to pray for that meal uh, and then I will give you the benediction. So will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, you have provided for us this morning this, this beautiful bounty of a breakfast. And so we, we thank you for that. And we thank you for the hands that have prepared it and, and are serving it to us today. God, bless them. And bless our conversation around our tables. In Jesus' name, amen. Now go, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.